This is Meg Tilton at the A Cow Life, episode number 36, part one, LDS women and their money stories. My interview with Jesse McKinley. This is the A Cow Life, a place where LDS women and really any woman can come to learn how every aspect of their life is beautiful and has purpose. A place to help you realize how important you are and that this place we call Earth just wouldn't be the same without you. So sit back and take a breather in that unfolded laundry and let's chat for a moment about your amazing life. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody, on this Monday morning. I am excited that you each are here. It is spring break in our house, so it's going to be busy and crazy and awesome and stressful and irritating (laughs) and happy and just amazing. You know, all the emotions wrapped up into one, as it always is when all your kids are home on a constant basis. So I'm excited to have them home and be able to do fun things with them each day. But I'm really excited about this podcast that I have to bring to you today. So I'm doing things a little bit differently this time. It's actually going to come to you over the course of the week. It's going to come in four installments. So I interviewed three women about their thoughts surrounding money and their ability to make money. Now these women are all LDS and they are all starting businesses. So each one gave really good advice and they were so vulnerable in sharing their stories around money and I'm so thankful for them for being willing to do that. And I think that these are such important perspectives for other LDS women to look at who may be thinking of starting their own business or who just wonder why they think the way they do about money. I think it would be interesting to interview three LDS men and ask the same questions and see how their answers differ or are perhaps the same, because I think that they would be different. And the final part of this series actually will be me answering for myself the questions that I asked all three of my guests. And make sure you stick around to the end of each interview because I will pick out some of the key points that I think are good for all of us to take into consideration when we are thinking about our own money stories. So today, the first one will air, and then there will be one tomorrow and one Wednesday, and then my money story on Thursday. And that will round out the month of March. And then we will get into April, which is going to be about how to make your house a home. And I'm super excited about that one as well. Let me introduce my first guest. She is an amazing woman. I love her. She's just awesome. Her name is Jessie McKinley, and she currently lives in Provo, Utah, and is starting a family history business. And she's young. She's not old, like we always think of people who do family history. (laughs) She is just about ready to turn 30, and... I hope she doesn't mind me sharing that, (laughs) but she's super young and really into family history and has some great ideas. And so I'm super excited to see where her business goes. She also has a podcast of her own, which is called Miss Genealogy, and she really does have a passion for family history and it's going to be amazing. So you definitely want to start following her and learning from this truly amazing and wise woman. So let's get to her interview. Welcome to the podcast today, Jesse. How are you? I'm so good, Meg. Thanks for having me on. 
All right. Thank you so much for coming on and being able to talk about your money story and being able to open up and be a little bit vulnerable. I am excited to hear what your answers are to my questions. So it will be great. So let's start off with the first one. So I believe that everybody grows up with a money story and that we were kind of told growing up. So what is that story for you? What was your money story growing up? Yeah, I think this is a really interesting question, especially when it's phrased that way, because it's not like my parents sat me down and said, this is the money story that we're going to mm-hmm. believe. But this mm-hmm. is just what I picked up from the things that they did and that they that they talked about. So I, mm-hmm. growing up, the story that was told to me or that I interpreted was that money's hard to come by. It requires lots of hard work and it's almost greedy or selfish to want more than what I have or what I've been given. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's obviously a lot of factors that played into this story. But some of, as I was thinking about this question, some of the things that came to mind were when I was four, my parents, we moved to Tempe, Arizona. So my dad could get his PhD at Arizona state and mm-hmm. we just had hardly any money. It'd be interesting to go back and see how much actually we actually had. But my parents managed some, they managed this really run down apartment complex and we lived in the office and mm-hmm. we, it was just a small, there was four kids. We had a two bedroom apartment with one bathroom and just mm-hmm. hardly any money. And um, we, yeah, we never went out to eat. We, the activities we participated in were either free ones. Like we went to the library a lot. So I mm-hmm. think that's where my love for reading came. But um, mm-hmm. so I think there were good things, but also not so good things from this whole experience. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we just, we never went out to eat. We, I remember one, one of my fondest memories is my parents bought this can of, they were like little shoestring potato chips and Mm-hmm. We, all of my siblings, we just pretended they were French fries because we hardly ever got French fries. <laughs> and so we mm-hmm. were eating them out of this can and dipping them in ketchup and pretending that they were French fries. And mm-hmm. I did a lot of pretend play with my little sister. So mm-hmm. we, we did a lot of drawing and coloring. And I remember when I was five, I got a ream of paper and mm-hmm. that was like the best gift ever because I didn't have to draw on little scraps that I found around the house. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of my early, early childhood. And then as I got older, my parents just, you know, they would buy me the necessities like clothes and mm-hmm. food, but any mm-hmm. extracurricular stuff that I wanted to do that they would not pay for. And they just said it cost too much money. And, mm-hmm. um, and it was up to me to do that. But usually, you know, especially before I turned 16, it was just hard, harder to get money, which I think is, you know, mm-hmm. like I said earlier, that's one of the stories is that money's hard to come by. And mm-hmm. so, so yeah, soon I babysat a lot to try to earn money. And, mm-hmm. and then as soon as I turned 16, I got a job and I've worked pretty much, uh, especially up until I got married, I worked ever since I turned 16. And then I've had a few jobs as a married woman too so Mm -hmm. so yeah that's kind of the story I feel like that's Mm -hmm. um 
yeah was that did I answer the whole question there (laughs) yeah you did I really like that you said that your parents never sat you down and were like, this is what we think about money, uh-huh. right? Because my parents never did that either. It was just the way that they lived that that's how I came to know. And my money story is really similar to yours. Like money mm-hmm. doesn't come easily. You have to work hard for it. You have to put in a lot of effort. Like if it comes easily uh-huh. or if people are trying to sell it to you that it comes easily, like it's a total scam. Like it's never going to work. (laughs) And so I just grew up picturing like, if you want to make a lot of money, you got to work really, really hard. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's not that that's bad. So, you know, that working hard is not a bad thing, but to believe that that's the only way to make money is just really interesting. I think. Yeah. It is very interesting. (laughs) So do you still believe that story? I think there's, I'm kind of split in half. I feel like there's Mm -hmm. a big part of me that doesn't want to believe it. But then there's this other part of me that's like, wait, you believe this your whole life. So why are you abandoning these thoughts? And, and Mm -hmm. so I feel like it is really challenging to change that story and Mm -hmm. not believe it anymore. And um, so yeah, I definitely fall into a scarcity mindset more than I would like to. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But I am trying really hard to change that just by, you know, anytime I have a thought that ne- isn't necessarily serving me and, mm-hmm. um, and it's hard sometimes to identify which ones those are, because I feel like I have so many thoughts about money that there's just, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to figure out what they all are, but, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I would love to get to the point and and really believe deep down that making money is or can be fun and easy. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be hard work. Like you said, I feel like I think working hard is a really great attribute, but it doesn't necessarily equate, you know, money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Working really hard doesn't necessarily yeah. mean making lots of money, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually, yeah, that is, I think, a really false money story that we tell ourselves because I know tons of people who work super hard and they don't make mm-hmm. hardly any money. And then people who don't work really that hard make a lot of money. Right. So uh-huh. yeah, it's yeah. really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting how you can like, you can intellectually see it But when you're applying it to your own life, it's like, oh, that's not true, though. Right. (laughs) It's like, it's true for everybody else, but not for me. I know. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So what do you believe about your ability to make money? And why do you think you believe this? So I've never really had a major money crisis. I've never been bankrupt or totally run out of money. And so I feel like because of that, I it's easy for me to realize and believe that I'm capable of making, having enough for what I need. So Mm. that thought is really easy for me to believe that I can always have enough for what I need. But then Mm -hmm. I see people making thousands or even millions of dollars. And I haven't quite been able to get to the point where I believe that that could be me, you know? (laughs) And Mm -hmm. when I get really excited or fired up about my dreams and goals that I have, then sometimes I let myself entertain the idea that, okay, Maybe that actually could be me, but it really Mm -hmm. quickly, I feel like lots of thoughts just quickly come in to squash it out and be like, no, actually, it's easy for them to make money 
but you're mm-hmm. different than them. Or I easily default back to making money's hard and takes a lot of time and it's hard work. And so, yeah, I think my belief about my ability to make money is I believe that it's possible, but I also just have a lot of conflicting thoughts up in my brain. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that's true for so many of us, right? We're like, yeah, I know I could make that because I've seen other people do it. Mm-hmm. But when it becomes like, okay, now you, let's have you make a million dollars. You're like, oh, no, not really. Like, not really me. <laughs> right? So what are the current goals that you have surrounding money in your life? You want to make this money, but what are your goals? Like, do you have any money goals that you want to reach? And Mm -hmm. what's kind of preventing you from reaching them? So I haven't specifically come up with a number that I want to reach. Mm -hmm. I Right now, it's just like make more than what I'm currently making. So that's not a very good goal. I want to change that. But I Mm -hmm. think my, my biggest goal surrounding money is just that I want to really be able to view it as being totally neutral, that money's not Mm -hmm. good or it's not bad. And it's just a number. I have a really, it's really easy for me to put in lots of emotion or tie my emotions to the number that I see. Mm -hmm. And so I would love to get to that point where I can just view it as a number and not get emotionally tied to it. And then, yeah, like I said earlier, I would also love to just think, one of my goals is to be able to say that making money is fun and easy and that I personally can do it, that, you know, Mm -hmm. it's for every, for other people and also for me. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how do you think your life will be different from how it is currently? If you achieve the money goals that you want, like you said, you want to make more money. So how's that going to change your life if you make more money? Yeah, this is another really good question, something that's been good for me to think about. And I, I've i heard so many people say that money, having more money or less money isn't really the, the issue. It's not what mm-hmm. brings peace and contentment or you could fill in the blank with whatever you think money is going to bring you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's hard. That thought is hard for me to wrap my mind around because I think, wait, yes, it will. It will bring me so much more. You mm-hmm. know, it'll just make my life easier because so much of the time I think if only I could bring in more money, then I'd be able to buy everything that I want at Costco <laughs> and just mm-hmm. like fill up my cart and not have to worry about, you know, only getting the necessities like milk and whatever else we get there, mm-hmm. cheese, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And being able to do that would make mealtime easier and snacks easier for my kids. They'd be able to have friends over and I could just, you know, provide oh. them with lots of food. Mm-hmm. And then I think about how I'd be able to, you know, get my hair done more than twice or once every two years, which is like what I'm currently doing. <laughs> or mm-hmm. get my nails done or, you know, do a little, do a few things to pamper myself and, help me feel Mm -hmm. more put together as a wife and a mother. I'd also be able to have money to encourage my kids to explore their interests and talents, develop their talents. And we could go on trips or explore the world. You don't like when I really get thinking about it, I'm like, we could do so much if we just had more money. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think the lie that we tell ourselves is that those things are going to make us more happy. Right. I think that's the lie. Right. And then when we're like, okay, I have all this stuff 
and I'm not happier. Uh-huh. Like, wait, and that's where we have the disconnect. And I think that's where I think money gets a bad rap, right? Because mm. we're like, remember, money can't bring you happiness. But that doesn't mean that money can't bring you a way of life that you'd rather live. But that's not going to mean that you're going to be more happy. Those are right. very different, right? Like it can bring you a certain lifestyle, yes, that in some ways is easier mm-hmm. <laughs> you know if I could hire a housemaid like to clean my house once a week yes uh-huh. that would make my life easier but it wouldn't make me happy uh-huh. and so I think there needs to be a, a differentiation between those that right yes money does in some ways make life a lot easier but it doesn't equate to your personal happiness mm-hmm. yeah and that's a really and good so, point and something that I feel like for me is easy to blur and just kind of shift them together. Like money actually will buy happiness, even though people always say money can't buy happiness, but I think that Mm -hmm. it would for me, (laughs) but I think, but I think what you're saying Mm -hmm. is true that I need to split that up and say, okay, money actually can provide an, you know, it could provide an easier way of life, but it doesn't, money doesn't bring happiness. So I've got to like split those up, Mm -hmm. but I, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, just as you were talking about that, I kind of was like, oh, that's really what it is, is money does make your life easier. I mean, to be able to do certain things and not have to worry about where the money comes from, but that doesn't equate happiness because we know so many people, right, who have so much money Mm -hmm. and they're miserable. Yeah, exactly. And it's because they thought that the money would bring them happiness when really you have to be happy with wherever you are. And then the money's just like a bonus. Right. Yeah. I think on top of it. Like, oh, good. Now we in our happy life, we get to go travel. In our happy life, we get to have somebody come clean our house. Right? Yeah. But the happiness can always be there, even if we can't travel, even if we can't have somebody come clean our house, even if we can't buy everything at Costco. Right. Even if our kids can't be in every activity that they want to be yeah, in. Yeah. And as you were saying that, I just was thinking of how if we are able to make money neutral and not associate a negative or a positive emotion to it, it's so much Mm -hmm. easier to not get caught up in thinking that, you know, money will buy happiness, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. That's actually a big money breakthrough for me. Mm -hmm. Like I want to have more money to make my life easier (laughs) in some ways, Uh not to make me happier. Right. You know, I want it to make it easier in the things that I'm already happy Mm-hmm. that's a much healthier way to look at it see yeah. we're both having our own breakthroughs here <laughs> on money <laughs> okay so do you have any reservations about going after your goal of making money and what are they and why do you have them you've kind of talked about it a little bit yeah so I think the the biggest reservation or the hurdles that I have is yeah just my thoughts are Uh, the biggest thing I feel like that, Mm -hmm. you know, just really figuring out, okay, why am I thinking this? What good does it do to think this? And do I really truly believe this deep down? Or, you know, how can I shift this to make it work for how I want to think about money? And then, yeah, I've talked about this too, but just realizing that it's possible for me personally, and I've never really had lots of excess, but I've never not had any money. And so, so yeah, just realizing that it's possible Yeah, just believing that you have that ability within yourself, I think, is a huge one that people struggle with. I think a lot of people struggle with that because they feel confined by their circumstances, Mm -hmm. but they can change how they think about their circumstances and then change 
the money right. factor in their life. Okay. So this is one I think is really interesting and I'm, this is the last question. So I'm not asking too many questions about money because I just want to <laughs> get kind of a, an overview from the three of you. I think in the LDS church, we have a lot of money stories, I think in the LDS church. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of them, um, actually we women kind of struggle with the most, I think sometimes more than the men because we're not the primary breadwinners and we've kind of been taught to that our primary role is to take care of our kids and to nurture them and I think we equate that to that we stay at home and we don't make any money and we don't get a job and Mm -hmm. and that's been kind (laughs) of the dialogue right for several several years yeah so do you think that being a woman in the LDS church has kind of um, formed your money story and why or why not? Yeah. So this has been another really great question. I think even though you only have a handful of questions, they were all really, really great questions. And I think good ones for anyone to contemplate Mm -hmm. and think about and really figure out how you feel about your money. But this was a Mm -hmm. really good one for me. So at first when I read the question, I'm like, um, I don't, I don't really feel like it has made a big difference, but then the more I dug and uncovered some things, I'm like, okay, yeah, I think that being a woman has really impacted and formed my money story. So mm-hmm. like you've already talked about just in the LDS church, you know, I feel like my entire life I've been taught that men are the providers. They're supposed mm-hmm. to be in quotations, mm-hmm. you know, and women mm-hmm. are supposed to be the nurturers and mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's been, I feel like in my mind, you know, I think, well, that means that my husband is, is the only one who's supposed to make money. And I'm just, yeah, like you said, I need to be home and nurturing the kids and being home all day long. And Mm -hmm. so sometimes I feel bad for wanting to contribute and do something more with, you know, because I, I do feel like I've been given these talents and gifts and, and Mm -hmm. I, I've come a long way and in feeling like that's not a bad thing to raise my family and kids and also put other, you know, goodness out into the world and help people with other things. So yeah, it's been interesting, but I definitely feel like just the LDS culture and being a woman. um, Yeah. It's all, it, it really has all played a big impact on my money story in good Mm -hmm. and maybe not so good ways. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause there does have to be a healthy balance there. I think we do believe in modern day revelation and we do believe that, you know, the family is central to our plan of happiness and where our main happiness resides is in the family Mm -hmm. and that we do have this divinely mandated role as women to raise our children and to nurture them and to bring them up in the ways that um, our heavenly father would want us to. But I think the thing, I I think that this is the story that we forget that we're still children of Heavenly Father and we still have dreams and we still have hopes and Mm -hmm. we still have talents and we still have things to offer the world outside of our family and to contribute. And there's no reason that we shouldn't get paid for that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like you and I were talking a little bit before we started recording that it, we have this culture with women in the church like if you were to go out and um 
do your business for 20 hours helping people because you're in family history uh-huh. and you want to help people with their family history. And if you were to go out and do that for free for 20 hours, people would be like, that is so awesome and admirable of her. <laughs> and she's amazing. But the minute you put a price tag on it, like now I'm going to start charging for this service. Like, well, who's taking care of your kids? Do you feel good about that? <laughs> like they're, they're cut. And, and it's not even necessarily... I don't think that the pressure necessarily comes from other people. I think it's an internal struggle too. Yeah, like, definitely. Oh, if I'm serving, then it's great. But the minute I put a price tag on it and want to make money, then it's bad. I just think that that's such an interesting approach that we kind of come at in the LDS church, that sacrificing and slaving away and mm-hmm. making no money is totally admirable, even if your kids like eat macaroni and cheese every night. And I'm not blaming anybody whose kids do that anyway. Right. But it, it's okay that there's major sacrifices that are made if you're serving. But the minute that you start to make money, well, then there should be no sacrifices. Like you need to do this in a way that doesn't impact your family at all. And that's just so unrealistic, right? Because... Mm-hmm. There's no reason that we women can't contribute financially to our families. And I think as we go forward and the world changes, and I'm not saying that we change because I think God is very ordered and he has a purpose and there's a reason why he does these things. But there are some things that we're going to have to kind of evolve with. I mean, we've evolved over time in the church about a lot of things. And I think this is one of them where we don't live in a day and age where my husband's going to most likely work at the same company for 40 years and retire with a great retirement package. You Mm -hmm. know, like he could lose his job tomorrow. And then what would I do? Yeah. You know, where would I, where would our family be? And how could I then help in that endeavor to bring in money. And so I think it's a, a, a dialogue that we need to start having in the church is that m- women can use their talents to bless their their families monetarily. And that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I agree with everything you just said. And mm-hmm. I feel like there has been, you know, a shift and I'm pretty sure it was President Hinckley however many years ago, he said that, you know, women should, we should get as much education as possible and prepare for, mm-hmm. you know, because you, know, you just have no idea what life is going to bring mm-hmm. you tomorrow or in a year. And so, yeah, I love looking at it that way and just thinking of it as, right. you know, I want to be prepared no matter what. I don't want to, you know, mm-hmm. think that something terrible is going to happen, but just in case, um, I want to mm-hmm. be prepared and be able to support. And then I think also just being really intentional and I try not to compare myself to others and, and, you know, Mm -hmm. look at what other people are doing, but just try to do what I feel is best for me. And I think everyone has a totally different situation. And so, yeah, that's kind of what I do is just try to make it work for me and my family. And yeah. Yeah. I think that that is super key is that we're each entitled to personal revelation Mm -hmm. And Heavenly Father wants us to live the life that he has intended for us to live. And for some of that's that's going to be that we stay at home and we, and we don't go out and get a job and we don't make any extra money for our family because that's what he wants us to do. And that's what brings us happiness and fulfills mm-hmm. us. And then there's other... Vo- others of us that are going to have different paths and those can change like where you can be like, I'm going to go work now. Okay. Now I've been doing that for a year or two and I feel like I need to be home Mm -hmm. now. 
and not be doing that. And in a lot of ways, I think that that's such a blessing that we kind of have as women is to be yeah. more versatile like that. I mean, mm-hmm. my husband can't be like, well, I'm just going to take off for a couple of years yeah. and <laughs> stay at home. I'd be like, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah, you I know, think that so. is a really huge advantage that we have. And something that I've been thinking about a lot lately is creativity and how God is the most creative being mm-hmm. ever. And And I think he wants us to be creative. And that's something that I love about this time of life and the technology Mm -hmm. that we have. And there are just so many ways to be creative and Mm -hmm. to make money in not the traditional way, you know, ways that have Mm -hmm. never been made before. So that is a really exciting thing to me and something that I, yeah, I just love to think about how God is so creative and he wants us to be creative and Mm-hmm. And we can be creative yeah. with how we make our money too. So, yeah, I love that you bring that up because it is true. We live in a great day and age where you can do so much from your home and mm-hmm. make money, mm-hmm. and you don't have to go to that office job from nine to five if you don't want to, or if it's something that just doesn't work for you. There's so many other options out there yeah. for you to use your skills to bring in money. And still be able to be in your home and have your primary role be a mother if that's Mm -hmm. what you choose, you know? So I think that that's really cool. Well, thank you so much, Jesse. I appreciate it. You are somebody that I really admire and I think you have so much wisdom. I'm always excited to hear what you have to say. And I'm glad that you were willing to come on today and be able to share your wisdom with all of my listeners. So thank you. Thank you so much, Meg, for having me on. I feel the exact same way about you. So (laughs) you're so nice. I hope you each really enjoyed that interview with Jesse and that you were able to get some really good pieces of advice for you and your money story. I wanted to just kind of wrap that interview up by picking out some of the points that I thought are really interesting and beneficial for each and every one of us. The first was when she told about how she got her money story. And I think this is true for almost all of us is that we get it from our parents and the way that they live. But she was much like me. It wasn't like my parents ever sat me down and said, okay, this is what we believe about money. It it just came through observation and how they treated money and how they really dealt with it around us. And she really pointed that out as well, that there was never some formal discussion about money. And I think for both of us in this interview, I especially had a big money breakthrough for me was that the pursuit of money for life improvement is a good motivation and that money can definitely make things easier. But the trap that we have to make sure that we don't fall into is that it makes life happier. Happiness is independent of money, but it can improve, but money can improve our conditions. And it reminds me kind of of uh, something that one of the bishop's wives in a singles ward that I lived in one time told me, and she would say this all the time. And I get what she's saying now after I've been married, but she said, it's just as easy to marry poor as it is to marry rich. So marry rich. And I don't think she was saying that that meant that we would be happier. I think she was just meaning that things would be easier in the sense of that our life condition would be able to be improved and 
we would have more things to make life easier. But again, ease and comfort do not equal happiness. So that's where we have to make sure that we really don't fall into that trap. Also, there has been a lot of talk about how women aren't aren't given the same opportunities as men in the workplace. And I have no doubt that this is most likely true. But one thing that I took away from this interview was that we are also able to have a lot of versatility when we are in a stable marriage with a husband who provides. And as LDS women who, you know, we talk a lot about that the man is primarily in charge of taking care of the financial needs of a home, that really does give us a lot of opportunity to choose to either stay home full time or we can go work for a while if we want and we can change back and forth as is needed to fit individual needs of ourselves and of our families. So I know a lot of people can maybe look at that and think that it is a negative thing, but I look at it as a really positive thing that we have so much choice that we can work for a while if we feel like that's what Heavenly Father wants us to do, or we can pull back and stay at home and focus on our kids if that's what we need to do um, for a time. I know a lot of women who have done that, who have gone back to work and then feel like, nope, I need to be home right now for a while. And so they come back and they're able to do that because their husbands provide for their family. And I just think that that's a great thing. And then also though, I think it's great that we as women live in a day and age where we can go out and provide if needed to supplement perhaps our husband's income, or if we're ever asked or have to provide solely that we are able to do that. So that is a great, I think, um, really important thing to take into consideration when you're forming your money story. And two, I really liked what Jesse said is that there is so many creative ways to make money these days, and many of which can be done from the comfort of our homes. And I think, yes, Heavenly Father has provided us so many opportunities to work from home and be able to balance that. So if we feel like we need to provide that we can do it still from our home and take care of our home and take care of our families. And there are so many technological advances that can help us in doing that. So those were just my little things that I picked out from the interview. I hope you picked out your own that will help you. And I hope you join me back here again tomorrow for my second interview with the amazing Whitney Thomas. So we will see you next time and that's tomorrow. Bye-bye.